0: So, while uh, the IT guru just uh, chips away over there in the corner, we'll set out a little bit of a um, course, a fitness program, I suppose. This is a real, there's a fair bit in here, and it's not just for now, today, for us just to go through page by page, slide by slide. There's 12, 13 slides. We're going to pace ourselves, we're going to move. Move quickly over some. We're gonna we're gonna sit and dwell over a couple others a little bit longer. So, please don't don't get caught up in how much material is here. This stuff, the Lord really spoke to me and said this is more for during the week. This is for you guys to come back to on the on the website as a PDF. Download it, dig into it. Um, it's been a journey of, of of a couple of months, but this actual. What, what i've come from 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 the brokenness that god started speaking to me about to to this this saying here where i sat and i looked at matthew sixteen fifteen where it says who do you say i am i sat and looked at that verse for about 15 minutes and god asked me who do you say you are in me who do you say you are we can trot out the E stuff with our hands tucked in our pockets like oh gee you know Sort of uh, fearfully and uh, yeah, wonderfully made, I suppose. Do you believe it? Really? Do we really believe it? So, on this journey that we're uh, we're going to go on, we're going to we're going to start getting into it straight away, and and we're going to come back to this. We're going to come back to this time and time again. I I ask you to come back to it yourselves as you as you 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 um, look at the slides and we read some some scripture about exactly who God says or who you say you are, in God. So this is one of the first things that God said to me. This may cause offence, this can be uncomfortable. We in ourselves, in our bodily flesh, like comfortability, we like it, normality, we like things easy. This message will bring up frustration, resentment maybe towards me, Maybe towards God, it'll bring up a bit of anger, perhaps. You'll definitely shut down. It's, uh, mobile phones are a lovely thing these days. We can, we can shut down, pretending we're looking at the Bible while we're, we're really actually playing solitaire. We're really actually... Sorry, Jim. <laughs> we're really actually looking at an email... We're really actually checking Facebook. But in our tight little comfortable zone between our face and our screen we can pretend that we're looking at the Bible. We can pretend that we're praying with our head down having a wee little rest. Just shutting down. That's it. We're done. We're here but we're not listening. Bring our a whole lot of self-righteousness built up over the time over years. So broken people, this is where I started. This is where God took me. I stood over there on the side two months ago, two and a half months ago. I looked around the room and God spoke to me and said, broken, broken, broken won't move, broken won't move, broken won't move, broken, broken. Broken. God works through broken people. In the Bible, it's full of it. Moses, David, Solomon, they're all just classics. We all know it. We all know it. Aaron, he was a people pleaser. Moses went up the hill for a dash too long, and everyone said, Well, what's going on? So he made some golden calves. He's lost. Noah. I like this one. I always thought Noah was a clean skin, <laughs> but I like I like this in 9 twi- uh, twenty-one. After planting a vineyard and after his grapes grapes grew, he got drunk and passed out naked. <laughs> sort of resonates with me a little bit. <laughs> Paul, Paul in Carinthi- two Corinthians twelve seven to nine, I think says it best about brokenness and people and our brokenness. He speaks to us in this this passage. It speaks to us, "Therefore, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, my grace is sufficient in you. My grace is sufficient in you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ, Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insult hardship, persecution and difficulties when I am weak then I am strong now we don't know what Paul's thorn was personally I resonate with that big time what's your thorn? in the spirit of being open I ask God about well and truly more than three times for me not to share this. I said, I'll do everything, Lord, but I won't do that. I said, share it. Share your thorn. Now, I'm not saying we have to all go around and, and shout to the rooftops of our problems and, our, and everything, but we need people in our camp. We need to share our thorns because that proclaims God through us. If we can operate past what we, our struggles, that's when God shows up. That's when people know we're not doing it in our own strength. So what's my thorn? I've shared my thorn three times in the last six years at this church, in different places and in different spaces. The first time was at a men's Fiji trip, 13 people. 13 men, if I could have left and got on an aeroplane out of there straight away, I would have. That broke a whole heap of stuff. I couldn't believe it. Not over me, but over the whole group. I shared it in our first Activate group and that just sent that Activate group into another realm of openness and transparency. I shared it in our ID group at the start of the year. And immediately, as soon as I shared that thorn, it opened up that ID group into something that was much more intimate than I first could have imagined an ID ID group to be. So that is why I share my thorn today. My thorn is that I'm illiterate. My thorn is that I am illiterate. Every day, every road I drive down, every sign I drive past, Everything I look at in the paper, I make half it up. I stand before you illiterate, broken and thinking that God cannot use someone like me. People of the world will think that I am so low. I'm just, why is the point? I might as well go on the doll. I might as well just go and shut off to life because I cannot operate. I can't drive down the road without wondering what the heck that sign just said. What's your thought? What's your thought? See, there's three types of brokenness. And our body brokenness is is an integral part of that. I really do believe it. It's how we feel like we've been made up. It's in our in our intelligence, it's in our scars, it's in our wounds, it's in our sickness. What do we battle in sickness day in and day out? Could be in our weight. Do we feel like we battle weight issues all the time? Depression. Anxiety. A D H D, you name it. We can shout out body brokenness out to this screen all day long. That's only just a few. You people in your souls know what that is. Then we can step over into the other side and say sin brokenness. I strongly believe that sin brokenness is a an outflow almost of our body brokenness. Sexual impurity, lust, jealousy, anger, drugs, alcohol. We can get into them all. There's heaps more that we could put up there. Heaps more we could put up there. You can go back to Matt's sermon three weeks ago. But this is the big one our spiritual life, our spiritual brokenness. This is where God landed me, and this is where we're going to start digging a little bit deeper. Because there's a battle that rages within. There's a, I'm, di- I'm sure there is a civil war that rages within us. I don't know whether you remember, but I remember as a, as a kid with. A, with the, the cartoons, and the, they've got the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder. Well, that is what it's like day in, day out. Day in, day out. Our spiritual life, our physical territory, or our false self. Combination of sin and brokenness all piled in together with a bit of shame and a bit of regret, a bit of disappointment just mixing in there, our environment, how we were brought up, our circumstances, our childhoods. Ooh, false teaching. Perhaps, perhaps. We all come and we all gather together like Matt just shared about co- the combined service. We all come and we all with our own doctrine, we our own banner of what our church is about. Some of it could be false. We live in a broken world, a fallen world. Don't think the churches are infallible. Don't think that what you've been brought up on and chewed on is infallible. Test it. But the one thing that isn't infallible is the church. So our spiritual life is divided between our true self, God, Adam, the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. We are made in the image of God. Scripture says we are made in the image of God. Our spiritual reality is, That means that the Holy Spirit that indwells in us, that your Adam that indwells within you, is there somewhere. And that is why there's a civil war each day, each day that you get up between choosing your false self and all your circumstances and all your stuff that gets weighing you down, whether you choose that or you choose the spiritual reality that you can walk in. Holy Spirit, that Adam within you. My old saying that I used to use for a long, long time was that I trust everyone. I just don't trust the devil within them. And that's a true picture of this this screen right here. False self, true self, trust everybody. But it's the false self that will bring us undone. It's the false self that brings us to a place that we keep going back to brokenness. So we're starting to feel a wee little bit heavy. It's a wee little bit going on here. Let's, Let's lift the mood. Let's make ourselves feel a little bit light and fluffy. Let's have a look at God's love. We can go in, dive into Scripture and see that Scripture time and time again shows us about God's love. John 3.16, my most disliked verse in the Bible, because it's used so, so much. I shouldn't say that there's a disliked verse, but Genesis 3.21 tells us in God's wrath at the fall, as after they'd eaten the apple at the fall, God's wrath, they were cursing this, he was cursing that, he was throwing them out of the Garden of Eden. He still took time to clothe them. He stopped and knitted clothes for them. He loved them still. He still loved them to dress them. He still loves us. There's a couple more verses there that I'd love you to dig into. But there's a whole Bible worth of it that we just need to open up. So Romans 5, 2 to 5 through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering, in our suffering. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us has been given to us. Please, please remember that. It has been given to us. And from God's love, I just flew over and, and just felt God speaking of the living water. Jesus spoke of living water time and time again. Woman at the well is, is, is just well known. Everyone knows it. We all know it. Ezekiel 47, 1 to 5, and Revelation 22, 1 to 2 speaks so, so beautifully. You please go and read those two scriptures. Put your spiritual glasses on, soak in those two scriptures. What flows out of them is just a picture, a beautiful, beautiful picture of how we are supposed to live, of how we are supposed to live through God. John 7, 37 to 39 says, On the last day and the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water, Will flow from within them by this he meant the whole uh, by this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive up to that time the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. believe in him were later to receive. See where we are going. So that brings me to the Holy Spirit that lives within us. This is where we want to dig down a wee little bit deeper because this is where God got me to, in terms of a place, do we really believe that? Scripture time and time again shows, and I've listed a handful of Scriptures just there, life through the Scripture. Those Scriptures show us, and guide us to a place that we're supposed to walk in and walk out of. Not that the, the, not that the Spirit comes and falls on us once, and wow, that was a great God moment because God rocked up. The Spirit, I really felt the Spirit indwelling me. That's just the Spirit going, whoa, I'm going to get out. God is a God of the here and now. We don't need to run off to different places and to live, listen to different people to hear the truth of the gospel. We can ask the Holy Spirit that lives within us and the vertical relationship that we're meant to have through God, the he- Heavenly Father, straight from the throne room into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Now, I deliberately lift, left off 1 Corinthians 12, which is all the gifts. The gifts of the Spirit, they are so, so important. But today, I don't want to focus on that. I just want to focus on the fact that the Spirit lives within you. And there's a heap of stuff that I think God wants to break off in that space. Romans 8:15. Says the spirit you receive does not make you a slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry Abba Father. Sonship. Scripture says that. The Holy Spirit is like a seal upon our hearts for the day of redemption. And of course, like everything, when we receive something, when we test something, test it with Scripture, for the Holy Spirit will not contradict Scripture. Test it. So I'd like to ask you. Where is the Holy Spirit in you? Do you know him? Do you speak to him? Does he speak to you? Or have you boxed him up? Have you locked him down? Have you closed the door? Orion shared beautifully a couple of weeks ago about, about a picket fence with locks all over it. Have you been there and walked with him and he's guided you, but You've grown weary, weary and hurt, burnt out, tired. Two and a half years ago, I deliberately, after just being hurt and tired and felt like I'm banging my head against the brick wall, deliberately walked into the spiritual desert. I had a good friend of mine throwing stones at me for about 18 months, And all he got back was two pies and sauce. Spiritual desert is unhealthy. But I believe so many of us, so many people in the Western church are in a spiritual desert where we're dry. Pete spoke so beautifully a couple of weeks ago just about the dryness and our dry bones. We are spiritually dry. Scripture says that we should not grieve the holy spirit and I actually believe that the reason why how we grieve the holy spirit is by not listening and bit by bit slowly by surely, by surely more by more we stop listening a little bit more and we stop listening a little bit more and then all of a sudden he doesn't speak all of a sudden he doesn't speak because we've stopped listening we stop listening to the spirit that's within us. We also are very good in the Western church of, of getting a snippet, a little bit of what God's telling us through the Holy Spirit. Go, yep, no worries, mate, I got it. All my wisdom, all my discernment, all my intelligence, I can make a, I can make a beeline for this mission. I can make a beeline for this calling. I can make a beeline for this because I know what's going on. I've got it down pat now. Don't worry about it. Leave it to me. A week later, maybe a month later, how many times in mission or in service do we get down the road and go, man, I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I'm weary. I've had enough. God, where are you? Where are you? I thought you were in this. Yahoo, I'm back over here. I'm back over here. Too many times we run in front. We get a snippet and we run in front of where the Spirit and what the Spirit is doing in us. Matt, has a great saying and I truly believe it. God doesn't burn people out people burn people out and it's because of that exact fact that we get into our mission stuff and we get into our what we what we feel God's doing and we let the holy spirit off to the side and we go I've got it and instead of coming back to that spiritual the spiritual well it's not a well it's a river that we're supposed to not just put our feet in we're supposed to Soaking, we're supposed to submerse ourselves in day in, day out, be with the spirit within us, operate out of that spirit day in, day out. We don't. We operate under our own strength, our own intelligence, and our own wisdom. So I want to ask again. I know we've run through that reasonably quickly, but we can go back and chew later. Please go back and chew later. The Spirit is moving and the Spirit wants to move within you. A man who I respect and admire, I was talking to a couple of weeks ago and he spoke about the Holy Spirit that's within him and that he actually sometimes has to pull the bars out, pull the bars, actually do it within a, almost a physical sense of going I want to pull, I want to let the Spirit out within me and actually stepping out from that cage that we keep on putting ourselves in. We keep putting the, the Holy Spirit back in a cage because of fear, worry. All of the above, The world. So again, I'd like to ask you, who do you say you are in God? For some of you, you might be sitting there going, you um, are, for others, you'll be sitting there going, well, yeah, I'm sort of uh, wonderfully and um, faithfully, fearfully and wonderfully made. That's where I was once upon a time. As for me. As for who do I say I am in God? I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that I am called to speak the truth of the gospel, called to speak to the truth of the gospel, to first to the saved and then to the lost. saved. Why the saved? The last six slides that we've been through, this is Christianity 101. Some people will be standing there, sitting here, thinking, mate, that's as obvious as all get out. Well, if it's as obvious as all get out, why aren't we walking in it? Why aren't we moving in that truth that is the gospel of Christ, sacrifice for us, and what overflows out of that for our lives, that we operate in that day in, and day out, not because it's Sunday, not because it's a prayer meeting, because we want to walk in this day in, day out. We want to walk in the spiritual truth. I want to to just ask you, and as God speaks to you and the Spirit stirs within you, who do you say you are? It stirs up a lot of stuff. And I'm going I'm to personally pray for each and every one of you this week that you may, you may come back to a point, come back to a place where the Spirit moves within you and that you do know who you are, each and every one, because from that place... That is when we can go out and minister to those around about us. That's when we can step into mission, step into ministries and go out, knowing that we are walking in the Spirit and that we will not get tired. We will not get burdened. We will not get heavy laden because God's yoke is not heavy. It is not heavy. And that right there is when it's not heavy. When we're doing it in His place, we're gonna ask you, we're gonna ask you to move. All the fear, all the teachings over the years, life has brought us to a place where we sit in our box, then the Holy Spirit sits in a box inside of that. We sit in our little chair cubicles right in front of us. We stand up, we may sway a little bit, but do we really move? Do we move? Carl brought a beautiful uh, picture to prayer out there this morning of David, he, indignant when he brought the, the Ark of the Covenant into the tent. He was, in, he was, he was playing the trumpets, I think it was, and, the, and music and de- song and dance. He was moving. Our spirits need to move. We need to move. If we sit there behind our chairs or behind the chair in front of us, singing a song, this next song or, or just reacting to this next song without movement, it's just another nice thing. It's nice. It's good. Without the spirit moving within us, without God moving, The vertical relationship between God and the Spirit within us. Without that, we are just nice people. And there's a lot of nice people in the world out there that don't know God. But there's something different about us. There's supposed to be, we're called to be something different. And that is the overflow of the Spirit that indwells in us. That is what's different about us. The brothers, sisters, going to play a song goes for a bit of time but i believe that it gives us time to reflect us time to open up those bars those gates those locks that we've put on ourselves on the spirit that's within us it's going to give us time to unlock ourselves i'd ask that you just open up the spirit within you find a way find a movement Find something to do that's outside what you normally do please please because that is what unlocks that's what smashes down. that's what breaks down. that's why the the, the word the spoken word is so so um, powerful because the spoken word is something physical that we're doing. We go and speak the the, the spoken word and we're breaking stuff off because we're doing something in the physical. So if you haven't raised your arms before, raise your arms. If you haven't knelt, kneel, bow, jump. If you've never swayed, just sway. Please move. Do something different and let the spirit flow then this next song of Bethel that we, we're about to sing, I want to preempt some stuff here that at the start of it, they speak of, of, of healing. But I can guarantee you that this song doesn't just sit in the healing category. It sits in every category of our lives, of the anxiety, of the fear, of the deception. It breaks down walls. It opens up a place to come into the throne room of heaven, the vertical relationship that we're supposed to have. It's a beautiful, beautiful start to this song that they speak about healing a young boy and the fear of it. I'd ask you to listen to it and dwell in it, but then open up your own space. As the words flow over you, move in it because it's powerful. It really is. It's really, really powerful.
1: This year, as a a Bethel Music family, a few days before Christmas, most of you guys probably were a part of this miracle, but we watched um, Joel and Janie Taylor's little son, Jackson. He was, a few days before Christmas, airlifted to intensive care, and we began to fight for Jackson's life. How many of you guys joined in that? fight and that symphony of prayer that rose up for a little boy. And a couple, couple weeks into the fight, we got a text one night from Joel that they weren't sure if he was going to make it through the night. And as soon as I heard and read the message, it was like this giant of unbelief stood in front of me. And I just I just thought, Jackson's going to die tonight. We're not going to see the miracle. And as this giant stood in front of me, all of a sudden, out of my gut, this song started coming out right in the face of the giant. was looking at us, I knew he was going to regret the day he ever pointed his sword at Jackson. Just as Goliath pointed his sword at David, the sword Goliath pointed at David became the sword the little boy picked up and took the giant's head off with. And as we watched this miracle happen in Jackson's body, it was like this giant of unbelief was falling. And our community just began to sing this song. It was just one note in the symphony of prayer rising for his life. So I want to teach it to you this morning. Let's sing.
0: in a place where there isn't breakthrough today. I don't want to leave in a place where your mountains haven't moved. The scripture says that with faith as small as a mustard seed, we can move mountains. Maybe not in the physical, but we sure can in the, phys- in the, in the spiritual. We sure can move mountains. We wanna we wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for you. I know Matt wants to pray for you. If you feel like you need prayer, if you feel like you want someone to lay hands on you to help you break those giants of unbelief, break those giants that keep holding you back. We'll come into a time of prayer. A few of us will gather around and just please come down off to the side there and we wanna we really want to pray for you but not only just not only just now I don't want to leave it here for Sunday I don't want it just to be a nice message God told me at the start of this that this message has to be an activation has to be an activating message If you get to Tuesday and you feel like there's some stuff going on and you really you really need prayer Tuesday night prayer is at the Patterson house and it will be a time where we can come and pray for you, lay hands on you, build you up, lift you up, equip you in the spiritual, enable you, ask God to guide you. Guys, this isn't, if you feel dry and burdened and that the Holy Spirit's locked up, it's not a... For me, it wasn't a two-second job. It wasn't just a flick of the switch, and it was going back on. It took weeks and months of me stepping out and then doubting and going, oh, well, maybe the desert wasn't that bad after all. But God wants you to know that he wants you moving with the spirit within you. He really wants you to move with that spirit. The Tuesday night will be a yeah time of prayer just to help people. But even more so than that, if you get to any time, any hour, any moment of the day, call someone. Call Matt. He'd love to hear that stuff's going on that is moving you, you, they're moving you in the spiritual. Call me. I'd love it. Sam. Kate, Sally, Darren, Callie. There's people that want to see this church move in the spiritual realm the way we are supposed to move. It's not just a little box. It's not a something we tick. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. So as we come to the end of, end of this message, please come for prayer. Please move, please step out of your struggles and your burdens. Step out of your, off your mountains. Let's break those strongholds, break those misconceptions, break down those walls that are keeping you from walking in the fullness of what God has to offer you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God. Thank you and honour you. In everything that I do, everything that I say may be from the throne room. Lord God, I just ask for your word, Lord God, that is resting on us today, Lord God, that it does not go in vain, that it does not fall to the ground, that we pick it up and we move in it, Lord God, the way we are supposed to move. May the doors of of, of the Holy Spirit be opened up in our bodies. May that wrestle that wrestle we wrestle within, that bodily wrestle, that civil war. May it be a a one that the that we can see the choice. That we see it and we own it. And we do something about it. As we go out today, Father God, from from here, Lord, may it rest on us. May the Holy Spirit just be be working and stirring within us to create that vertical relationship that we're, that we're supposed to have, that our bodies long for. Our bodies long for that spiritual connection between us and the throne room of heaven, between us and you, Lord. Lord God, I thank you for this word. Thank you for this day. In the name of Jesus, precious blood spilt for us, for you. You may be glorified. May we glorify you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen.